We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Loser Huddle Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy Jacobs. TJ Inman will be along with you shortly. He's in Indianapolis. I'm in Beaver Creek, Colorado, and we're here to talk Indiana football. Uh, but first, let's get down to business with a word from our sponsor over at my bookie. All right, now we bring in TJ Inman. Uh, TJ, how are you doing today? It was a, a big win for IU on Saturday, 35 nothing to get their first conference win, a uh, win over Rutgers. Uh, how are you doing on this uh, holiday Monday? Doing very well, yes. Uh, glad everybody could join us here. It's, uh, it's a, you know, we mentioned really all, <laughs> all off season and the beginning of this season. And last week we mentioned this was, uh, you know, Rutgers was the start of a four-game stretch that was going to go a very, very long way towards defining this season. And um, that definitely still holds true. And Indiana got off on the right foot by taking care of business, getting up very early, shutting Rutgers completely down, and then just coasting to the win. Um, not a whole lot to complain about from Saturday's performance. No, that, that was as dominant a win uh, over a – I mean, it was a far inferior team, uh, and we do realize that, and fans pointing out yeah. that it is just Rutgers and things like that. Look, we get it, um, and you, you take it with a grain of salt, but this is a game uh, that IU had to have at home. It was a game that they should have won. It's a game that they should dominate in, and they did, just like their non-conference wins, and – that's where this program is out. They're starting to beat the teams that they should beat by 30, 40, 50 points by 30, 40, and 50 points. Uh, and we'll talk about this later in the show, but in the matchup against Maryland, uh, I think everybody is, you know, talks about how beating Ohio State or beating Michigan would be a program changing or a program building win. Uh, but I think that if Indiana goes to Maryland next week and wins there. That is more of a culture-changing win uh, than would be just to, to beat Ohio State and and uh, and beat Michigan. That wouldn't be a, a, as big of a win, uh, you know, in in the press and, and things like that. Uh, but it's a win that this is the these are the games that Indiana has lost in the past that has cost them bowl appearances and. Uh, 
So we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, back to the Rutgers game, I, I thought Indiana played played very, very well on offense and then just played lights out on defense. Demarcus Elliott uh, came at came bursting through the line on on the first play from scrimmage, caused a fumble. Raquan Jones ran it in. Uh, it was the fastest touchdown scored by Indiana in Memorial Stadium's uh, history. It was 10 seconds into the game, uh, and it really set the tone. Then the next drive, Indiana forces a three and out. They get the ball back. Uh, Penix hits Wapfilier for a 56-yard catch and run. Uh, then next play, uh, he hits Nick Westbrook, who, who jukes a Rutgers defender out of his shoes and, and gets up to a 14 nothing lead, and, and that was basically it. Uh, Rutgers had one passing yard. If college football did their stats, like they, the NFL did their stats, Rutgers would have had negative 41 passing yards. Uh, but because college football counts sack yardage as rushing yardage, um, it, it came out Rutgers only had one passing yard and, and I believe 73 uh, rushing yards. So overall dominant, dominant, dominant day by Indiana. The things that they need to clean up, again, are these silly penalties, the holding or a face mask on a, on a punt return uh, where Wapfilia wiped out an 18-yard Wapfilia return. Uh, you had Reese Taylor go offsides. Now, he probably wasn't offsides. Uh, it was close. Uh, but those are the, the penalties that come back and haunt you in, in games like the ones um, this week at Maryland, Northwestern in a couple weeks, Nebraska, just these matchup opponents when you need every single yard uh, to beat these guys. Uh, it, that's what you need. I, I thought, you know, Wapfilier was outstanding at 182 yards. His connection with with Michael Penix is is forming really really well. I, I thought Penix, I don't want to say he looked rusty, uh, but he didn't look as sharp as he was against Michigan State. Now he, Michigan State was the only game he had played in about a month, uh, so he probably needed to knock off some rust. Uh, but his receivers helped him out. So Wap came back on, on a on a deep pass that earlier in the year Indiana probably drops, and you know, for an off day, going 20 of 29 for 260 some odd yards is uh, is pretty good. And then the the rushing offense, it, you, it was great to see uh, Stevie Scott. You know, he only had 12 carries, but he he ran for 164 yards. I uh, get through those holes uh, and get longer runs. He had a career high 57 yard run and then uh, 31 yard rush as well. So it's good to see that. Samson James had a decent game outside of that one fumble, uh, but he looked okay in in uh, with the several number of carries. I know TJ, you were excited about David Ellis, uh, David Ellis getting spots at running back, and because Cole Guest is now in the transfer portal, it opens up kind of a spot uh, there at the at the the fourth spot at running back, and David Ellis fit in there. Uh, Ronnie Walker ran hard a couple of times. So overall, a, a really comfortable win for Indiana, one that you take a little bit with a grain of salt, but you can't apologize for playing who's on your schedule. Rutgers is a Big Ten team, whether um, people like it or not. And 
they, they you got to face facts. They haven't scored a point in Bloomington since 2015. Um, so, you know, really good job by Indiana coming out and, and taking care of business. Uh, final thoughts on, on Rutgers, TJ? Well, yeah, I mean, you mentioned David Ellis, and I, you know, does it matter much for this year? Maybe, maybe not. Um, but I, I do, you know, he's the type of guy that every time he touches the ball, um, you know, you kind of sit up a little bit, you know, lean forward a little bit. Uh, it feels like there's the potential for him to break one off, which um, I, I don't feel like is – he's not a guy that I prefer to, to keep at receiver just because that might be where he ends up long term. For me, he's a player that you just find ways to get the ball in his hands. Um, yep, you know, I agree. Reece Taylor is a player that uh, I, I wish was used more like that last year, and I know that uh, you know Taylor wanted to play defense. That's where he sees his future, and I understand that. Um, you know, but last year when he was on offense, I wanted to see more of what uh, what Kalen DeBoer did with David Ellis. Uh, you know, get him running out of the shotgun, get him moving side to side. Uh, see if you can stretch that defense and hit a seam. Um, and I thought, honestly, I thought he looked pretty natural with the ball in his hands. Uh, and I, I would not mind seeing more of that this coming uh, this coming week and moving in further into the season uh, because he is the type of player that could turn, you know, a, a, what looks like a four- or five-yard gain, you know, make a cut, and he's gone. And that's a 50-, 60-yard gain. It, it could happen. Uh, and it could happen in a, a key spot for Indiana. So uh, that's something to look forward to. And then, you you know, you're right. You cannot apologize and should not apologize for beating up on Rutgers uh, and taking care of business against them. You know, um, look at every conference, every single conference. Somebody's got to be bad. You know, everybody can't be good in a conference. And your job as a team that's trying to move up from that bad team in the conference to, you know, a decent to pretty good team in a program, that's what you have to do to those bad teams. That's what you have to do to a, uh, you know, Kansas or a Vanderbilt, um, which Vanderbilt, and I only bring them up because they got shelled by UNLV. Um, You know, that's what you have to do to those teams in the doormat of your conference. You have to take care of them because guess what? You have to play Ohio State. You have to play Michigan. You have to play Michigan State. You have to play Penn State. You have to play, you know, Wisconsin some years. Like, the the schedule is more than hard enough. I really do not get the gripes with, oh, it's just Rutgers. Well, so what? That's who we played, and IU did what they had to do. So, you know, it's time to put that one to bed. Indiana did what they were supposed to do. Uh, I don't know how much you can really take away from uh, individual performances other than, as you said, Watt Billier uh, continuing to shine this season. And then I, I think you can uh, credit the defense for being more aggressive. Uh, that was clear coming out of the bye week that they planned on, um, you know, blitzing more, being more aggressive, getting into the backfield of the opponents. Uh, I think that's a very positive development that I hope continues. We saw some lineup shuffling as well from the defense, so that's uh, – and it, you know, <laughs> I doubt that they're going to change that much going to Maryland because it worked very well, whether that's 
just because you were playing a really bad offense or that's because of the defense or probably a combination of both, but uh, you don't make any changes after a big game like that. Holding the opponent to one passing yard, uh, I don't care who you're playing, that's impressive. So credit to the defense for making some adjustments and and improving. Uh, Hopefully it continues because I think if Indiana can play with that type of defensive intensity and aggression, I really do think that this team could accomplish some some pretty cool things. Yeah, it's the the defense. You didn't see many missed tackles. Uh, no. It's hard to judge the pass defense just because records didn't pass. I think they were nine of thirteen uh, or something right. like that for one yard. But when they did, it was the, those swing passes, and they got buried for tackles for loss. So. You know, while they didn't have many pass breakups or chances at interceptions and things like that, uh, they shut Rutgers' pass offense down uh, to the to the tune of, if you want to put sacks in there, to the tune of negative 41 yards, which is pretty darn impressive. Uh, but, yep. you know, coming out, the, my big worries are, is Hunter, Hunter Littlejohn's uh, lower leg injury going to be ready uh, to take on Maryland? They need him um, to play. Uh, now, if he doesn't play, it looks like, you know, they did two things on Saturday. Charlie Charlie O'Connor is listed as the backup center. He played some. I thought he held his own pretty well. Uh, and then you can move – you could slide um, Harry Kreider over to center. He played center in high school. He played center his freshman year uh, as well, but he's been starting at guard. Uh, so you'd have to fill somebody in, probably Mackenzie Dora at guard to fill in there. It's why you need depth on the offensive line. Just people get rolled up on uh, injuries happen and things like that. Um, so hopefully he's back. Tom Allen said that uh, they're going to rehab it. They expect him to play because he's a tough guy. Um, but Hunter Little Jump was on the sideline in the second half uh, after he got hurt. Uh, he was still dressed. He didn't have his helmet on, but he went. I believe he went through warmups. Uh, he probably was dying to get back in that game, but, you know, with an ankle injury or, you know, whatever the injury was, it looked like an ankle or he said lower leg. Yeah. you got to rest that. And, you know, you're up 20. I think they were up 21 nothing at the time when that happened. It was on the, the 54-yard pass to, to failure. Uh, you should be able to beat Rutgers with Charlie O'Connor or Harry Kreider at center, and, and they did just that. Uh, so, Otherwise, it was a ho-hum game. Uh, you know, Logan Justice keeps doing what he does, kicking extra points. And uh, and uh, we'll see. But this week, it's, it's a huge matchup this week as they go to Maryland. Maryland's coming in at 3-3, three and 1-2 three, and two in the Big Ten. Uh, they started the year on fire. Everybody bought into Mike Loxley's offense and that this Maryland team was different. They beat Howard 79 nothing. They beat a ranked Syracuse team who's no longer ranked, uh, 63-20 at home. And then, you know, they kind of came crashing back down to earth. Uh, they lose to Temple at Temple, 20-17. to Maryland had, I think, was it nine shots or eight shots inside, uh, inside Temple's five-yard line uh, to get a touchdown. And they, they go turn it over on, on fourth down, um, on fourth down twice and lose that game 20-17. Uh, and then they just got 
if one of the, the blowout games that'll <laughs> that makes me mad uh, all year. I was out in Vegas for this game, TJ. The the uh, over under was sixty and a half. Uh, I took the over. You'd think that when a team scores fifty nine points, the over would be safe. Um, yeah, but it's fifty nine nothing. Um, so yeah, I'll be I'll be upset about that for a while. Uh, but anyway, they they look bad against you know Penn State. That game was really hyped up for them as a Friday night game. They had a lot of students come out. Penn State took over the student section, you know, when that game got out of hand. Uh, they beat Rutgers 48-7, and then they, they go to Purdue last week and got trounced, trounced by Jack Plummer and, and the young Boilermakers 40-14. to um, Purdue actually ran the ball on them a little bit, I think 137 yards. Uh, but Jack Plummer threw for over 400 yards, and, and that to me – is is where IU has the advantage is, is in the passing game. IU's receivers uh, are really, really good. You have Michael Penix who could pick apart a defense. Uh, and then, you know, now you have to, after the rushing performance last week, kind of got to respect the run game a little bit too. So you can't just drop eight guys uh, into coverage, rush three, and just hope that, you know, Indiana doesn't hand the ball off. Uh, they're going to have to to figure that out. Um, the Penix could, Penix can can pick apart this defense and, and find yards and and put up yardage as well. So defensively, you know, Anthony McFarland looked all world last year. He's kind of come back to earth. You mentioned he he has nagging injuries. TJ, their leading rushers, Javon Leak, who's a really nice player. He, he was he's on special teams as well. He's a great kick returner. He's an explosive back. He averages nine point five yards a carry, uh, and, and he has five touchdowns on the year. The my big question uh, going into this game is Josh Jackson going to play for Maryland because we we know what Tyrell Pigram is. He's an excellent athlete uh, who can run. Uh, he can't really throw that well. He's adequate throwing. He's a running quarterback who can throw, not a throwing quarterback who could run. Uh, and we'll right. put it that way. But Josh Jackson on the year, you know, has nearly 1,000 yards, 10 touchdowns to four interceptions. And it's just, you know, it's one of those things that I used had real good success against Pigram. Yeah, last year um, he came in in relief of Kasim Hill, kind of caused problems. But now you kind of know what Pigram's about. Uh, going into this game, they're going to prepare for him as well uh, as Josh Jackson. And we'll see. The defense should have a pretty decent day as well. It's just a huge game going on the road. This is one of those hurdles that IU has to get over uh, to build this program. Hoosiers are sitting at 4-2. and two. You win this one, you're at 5-2, uh, heading into a match. You know, the last week of October at 5-2, and two, you're in great shape. Uh, in terms of bowl game, and you might not even be thinking, just oh, if we make a bowl game, it's which bowl game are we making? So it's it's a huge hurdle for IU. If you lose, you're sitting at four and three. The fan base is gonna tailspin out of control. You lose this game, and it's back to up. Oh, here we go again. Can't win a matchup game on the road. It's the same as Minnesota last year. 
uh, and things like that. Same as, as Maryland two years ago uh, when you when you went there and, and blew a, a 16-point lead early in that game. Uh, you could go back basically every year for a decade and, and pick out one or two games where you go, uh, you know, Indiana has, has to win this game uh, and things like that. I, and I don't want to call it a must-win because it's not a panic. Like, that's used a lot of times as, as people panicking. It's a must-win game. This is a game that Indiana needs to win. Um, right. The season's not over if you lose. But it's again, if if you want to show progress of where you are as a program, you need to win this game, uh, and, and that's going to go towards the Northwestern game as well in two weeks. You, you need to win that game, um, but it, it's this is the chance to kind of start changing the culture at IU and, and getting those fans who haven't bought into what Tom Allen is doing, who are still booing the team off the field and the offense off the field in a game where they lead 21 nothing, uh, and saying, well, we don't support mediocre football and things like that. Well, great, fantastic. I get it. You're, you're a big, tough, tough guy there who doesn't, you know, um, support mediocre football or things like that. But it's a chance for, for you know, maybe you, you get a little bit braver and start buying into it. And, and I get why fans are a little um, – are jaded about the Indiana football program because they've broken hearts time and time again. So this is a chance for them to, to heal wounds of the past. You get this win, you sit at five, you're, you're in, you're in the driver's seat for a bowl game. What are your thoughts on, on Maryland, TJ? Well, I agree with you about the, the importance of this game. I think need to win is a, a very apt way of putting it. Uh, you know, if you lose this one, then I, I think you realistically are looking at it as you've got three cracks at it to get two victories. Um, you know, you, you've got three cracks of Northwestern, Nebraska, uh, which I'm including in there mainly because they've looked so bad recently. I don't expect to go to Lincoln and win, but, um, you know, particularly if Adrian Martinez is not 100%, that, that's a beatable team, so I'll include them in there them, Northwestern, and Purdue, uh, which we don't know what Purdue's going to look like by that time. Uh, it certainly looked a lot better last Saturday, but, um, you know, they have not been that so far, and they are just two and four. So a loss puts you up against it in terms of that. It takes away a lot of margin for error, uh, whereas a win sets you up to, to, like you said, you can start to think, okay, Six is right there. We got to get one more to get six, and then you can position yourself for actual bowl position, where it's not just uh, oh, whatever happens is, is gravy from here. Although, I mean, our our goal for this season coming in was get six, just win six, and then um, from there you're you're looking to build on it. As far as Maryland goes, uh, yeah, Pickram, their offense does get one dimensional when he's in there. Uh, his deep ball is not the most accurate. He is prone to miss on, you know, say an out route that's an eight-yard out route that, you know, you should be able to hit uh, like a 99 times out of 100. Uh, you know, he might only hit it eight times out of out of 10, maybe 80 out of 100. Uh, you know, he's going to miss those. And it, it hinders their offense from, from putting together prolonged drives. Uh, Josh Jackson 
Um, I, honestly, I know that he does have speed, but on the field with Maryland so far when he was healthy, uh, he looked kind of slow to me. Um, I, I did. I was not impressed with uh, with his mobility, if you will, uh, functional mobility in the pocket. But I, he didn't seem like he was the same guy that was hurting you with his legs, uh, which he did early in his career at Virginia Tech. Um, but we'll see. I, I he had a, a high to mid ankle sprain um, the week before this uh, this past game against Purdue. I, I'd be kind of surprised if he played based on how the injury looked when it happened, but we have not heard anything out of College Park yet, and it seems likely that uh, they're probably not going to make a public determination of that, if at all, until later this week. So Indiana's going to have to prepare for both of them, and if it's Pigram, uh, you've got to do a good job of being aggressive but not over-pursuing. If you over-pursue the play in the backfield, Pigram can definitely burn you with his legs team with a lot of offensive explosion. You mentioned McFarland, uh, Javon Leak. Uh, I, I will make this prediction that Javon Leak is an NFL player. Uh, I think he will be in the NFL. I think McFarland will be in the NFL. Their Providence, their offensive line, somewhat banged up and not very good to begin with. Uh, I, I think that IU can get pressure past those guys, especially if they choose to blitz. And the receivers, I don't think are particularly overwhelming. Dante Demas, is really their only guy that's provided consistent production so far this year. Um, nobody that terrifies you. I think that Wap Fillier will be the best receiver of either team. Um, and I, I think that uh, Donovan Hale is so far has, has to me impressed anyone more than uh, more than the Terps and IU definitely the edge of tight end, which is a position that uh, Purdue Bryson Hopkins had a monster day against. Uh, against Maryland last Saturday, yep. so maybe that's something Indiana can exploit as well, getting Hendershot to continue to get him involved. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunities for Penix, uh, if he's on, to really pick this defense apart. I mean, Temple almost threw for 300. Penn State could have literally, uh, I think they could have set the score that night. They, they could have thrown for whatever they wanted to, uh, and it, it really, Indiana, K.J. Hamler for Penn State, uh, as a player that I think is a lot like Wap Fillier. I don't think Fillier gets the recognition that Hamler does, but um, I think they're very similar players, and he had a really big day against Maryland, so perhaps Wap can do the same. Uh, and Pat Fryermuth had a nice day against, uh, against the Terps as well, another tight end for Penn State. So I think that those are two spots the Hoosiers can really, uh, really pick apart this Maryland secondary, which I do not think is very good at all. Indiana, I think, has the edge on special teams, but they've got to stop getting those penalties on the returns. As you mentioned, that is a major annoyance, and it's got to stop. Um, but I, I I really do like Indiana's chances going to College Park. I do hesitate to, to you know, get too optimistic, but I, I really like the way Indiana's playing. I like the way that they looked on Saturday. Uh, I think Maryland is very gettable. Um, and I'll, I'll go ahead and jump the gun and make a prediction. I think Indiana comes out, wins this game. Uh, they, they've scored over 30 in every Pennix start. I think that continues. I think the Hoosiers win this one. I'm going to go 41 to 20, Indiana. Wow. Um, yep. So I, I did something as a health teacher that I hate doing, 
I Googled recovery time for high ankle sprains. Uh, it is four yeah. to six weeks, according to Dr. Dr. Google. Um, you know, the high ankle sprain, that's what it has been. And every time you hear, oh, it's a high ankle sprain, and you hope it's not, that's not the case with Hunter Littlejohn. Right. But every time right. you hear high, high ankle sprain, you kind you you kind of have that sinking feeling in your stomach. You go, oh, that's a month. It's it's at least a month. I mean, people take, um, there's, you know, people's bodies, different bodies respond differently to treatment and things like that. Uh, so I don't, I'm not, I haven't read a quarterback, you know? Yeah. Well, you also have more weight on it. It's, you know, there's a toughness factor on it. There's, you know, you don't really have to go side to side that much. Um, and he's at, he's at center. You could kind of hide somebody with an injury at center as opposed to a quarterback, especially if uh, behind the shaky offensive line. So we'll see. I, if, if I was doing an injury report, I would probably put doubtful, uh, but I haven't read anything out of, out of uh, Maryland's uh, camp from Loxley yet. I'm sure that they're going to play it coy and say, well, he might be back, could be back. Well, we've got 18 other quarterbacks here, so you could prepare for them all uh, and do, uh, and do you know, Anthony McFarlane can play quarterback. Uh, you know, the D, whoever your fourth-string defensive lineman has been lining up a quarterback this week. Whatever whatever coaches do uh, to give you an edge that, that media falls for, and if that's, uh, that's what they're going to do. Um, but let's, let's, you talked keys to the game. You gave your prediction. Uh, my key of the game is, is Indiana's offense against Maryland's defense. Uh, you know, the defense for Indiana is what it is. Uh, they haven't been forcing those takeaways. They're kind of boomer bust in, in their four wins. Uh, the, the most somebody scored was ball state at 24, uh, outside of that, they've given up three points. So in their four wins, they've given up 27 points, less than a touchdown per win. Um, but in the losses, they gave up four, gave up 34 uh, to Michigan. That last touchdown, I don't put on the defense. Um, so 34 at Michigan, you gave up 51 against Mich- against Ohio State, uh, and even one of those was a, was a pick six. It's just been it's been a boomer bust type of thing. So, is there a happy medium for this defense? Can they get the tackles for losses and the sacks uh, against the subpar offensive line like they did against Rutgers? Uh, if they do that, they'll win. But my key matchup is Indiana's offense against a, a clear weakness on on um, on Maryland's defense in their secondary. Can they take advantage of that? Uh, Indiana's receiving core is that is that much better than Maryland's secondary. Uh, and you you got to take advantage of it. Uh, you know that they're going to be keying on Wap failure. I, I think, you know, you saw, and, and this has happened all year, TJ, um, you've seen Indiana receivers go hot and cold. Uh, you know, Nick Westbrook had been shut down uh, for the last couple weeks. Uh, and then Donovan Hale had a breakout game. Nick Westbrook had five catches last week, Donovan Hale. I think was only targeted that one time uh, on the play where he almost made a spectacular catch. He was like one inch or two inches away from a spectacular catch, uh, but he didn't have any catches. Um, and, 
you know, for Ty Freifogel goes, you know, back and forth, but they have enough weapons at receiver where it really doesn't, okay, you want to go double-team Wap Billiard? We're going to throw it to Freifogel, Westbrook, Donovan Hale. So it's kind of pick your poison. And they'll find ways to get Wap, Wap the ball. You know that they're going to double-team Wap. He's had, I think, now 24 catches and 300 and some odd yards uh, the last two weeks. It's all that people are going to be talking about. And so can Indiana find these mismatches with Donovan Hale and this Nick Westbrook like they did last year uh, in last year's matchup and, and take advantage. Now they did that last year. They put up 34 points against them with, with Peyton Ramsey hitting those, uh, those go routes down the sideline. Can they open up the offense a little bit more with, with Michael Penix and bring Peyton Hendershot into the game? Uh, get Nick Westbrook and Donovan Hale going, and then finish the game with a running again, a running attack in the second half like they did against Rutgers, where you have um, two really big backs in, in Stevie Scott and Samson James just crushing, soul-crushing uh, runs in the second half, where it's not necessarily 50- and 30-yard runs, but those 8-yard runs, those 10-yard runs. I mean, um, Stevie Scott – it just ran over one Rutgers defender at one part, and it was like, okay, this, you know, at that point, Rutgers had had, had basically given up. Um, but can, can you get the game to that point where you could use that running game to kind of uh, milk the clock, shorten the game, and just pound them into submission? It's that's how Big Ten football has been won for 150 years. Is you know, you score enough points, you get a lead. You lean on your 230-pound back and your linemen, and you take those seven, eight-minute drives, you know, and put up points and and get out of there. So Indiana's passing game, it's all going to key on that. If they could get that going, they're going to be in good shape. The defense has to show up, too. Maryland's got some athletes who are quick. They're good in space. So Indiana's tackling has to be on point again. Uh, but, TJ, mm-hmm. you said 42-20. You, that was your prediction, 42-20? Yeah. 41-20. Yep. Yep. 41. Uh, very I don't know if I'm as confident as you. You are very optimistic, which makes me worry. Yeah, that's scary. Um, that's scary. But, but Indiana, I think that they opened as a three-point favorite. The line got pushed to five. Um, apparently, Rutgers-Indiana was the most bet game college football last week, which is kind of weird. I saw some tweet that they said, uh, I think there were like ten, fifty thousand dollar bets on on Indiana last week. So you might want to winner, investigate winner. that. <laughs> investigate that. Um, but you know, I, I think Indiana puts up thirty eight. I'm going to go thirty eight, thirty one, Indiana. I, I think Maryland's got enough on offense to put up thirty one points, uh, and. and you know, it's on the road. The defense played well. I think they come back to earth a little bit. Um, but 38-31 is going to be my prediction. Yeah, it's, it's going to be um, – look, it's a huge game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, hopefully it's, uh, it's one that catapults Indiana further forward uh, and that we do not uh, come back next Monday – speaking with, uh, you know, bitter disappointment, trying to pick ourselves up off the ground, heading to uh, Nebraska. So 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to this opportunity. I hope Indiana's players and coaches are as well. Uh, you know, this is a chance to, as, as we've said, to show on the field that look, this this isn't uh, you know this is not just fake. This is not a hype. This is not just here we go again. This is different, and uh, you know we're gonna you know, we're here to stay. And uh, I I hope that that's what we see on Saturday, and that uh, Indiana can move to five and two, uh, which is going to be a spot that I, I do not remember an Indiana team being at uh, for quite some time, and that's really really exciting. I think that 2007 team was six and – was it at one point five and one? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, after they beat Minnesota, so, they were five and one. And so then they, they lost three know, straight. 13, 13 years. So, um, it's – look, it's not like this is some, you know, national title threatening or even Big Ten title threatening squad, but – uh, you know, these are fairly uncharted waters for Indiana football. Uh, if we can push to five and two, and that's that's what this is about, is pushing it to that next level, and Saturday is a prime opportunity to do so. Yeah, it's you got to get that fifth win. Uh, we, we've been saying this all all year, TJ. This is the swing game. You're going, you know, you're going from five and two. You could go from five and two uh, to four and three real quick in one game. Uh, and this is the swing game. So, huge game for IU. Kickoff is at 3.30. It's on Big Ten Network. They're playing at Maryland. I know IU usually has a really good crowd at Maryland. There's a lot of D.C. alum um, in that area. They come down, and and they really have a nice cheering section uh, behind that bench. So, uh, if, if you're an IU fan in the D.C. area, tickets are really cheap. Uh, go to the game. It, it, this is, you know, one of the better IU football teams to go see on the road. Uh, if it's easy to get to you, go do it um, and, and get down there. The team needs your support. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. It, it's it's a road game. It's always tough on the road in the Big Ten. And uh, we'll see where, where IU goes uh, goes from here. But it's one. this is the game we circled all, all summer, TJ, and, and it's here. Yep. Uh, and we'll have you all covered at HoosierHuddle.com. So, TJ, thanks for joining me on the holiday Monday. Enjoy the rest of your evening. And uh, hopefully we can come back next Monday and, and have a, a happy podcast instead of um, instead of a sad one. I don't want a sad podcast. So, no. Uh, no. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your weekend, or the rest of the yeah. week. I wish. Yeah, I wish we were already there. But thanks, everybody, for listening. Happy Indigenous People's Day. Yes, happy Indigenous Peoples Day, formerly known as Columbus Day, but that guy was a jerk. Um, so happy yeah. Indigenous Peoples Day. Enjoy, hopefully, at the day off. Enjoy it. Hopefully the weather was great where you are. Um, and we'll we'll be back next Monday with, with the podcast. Again, that's TJ Inman. Thank him for joining us as well. You could follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle. You could visit HoosierHuddle.com. We'll have all your Hoosier football uh, coverage throughout the week leading up to the game at 3.30 in College Park. Uh, that game is on BTN again. Um, for people who need help finding the game, we'll tweet out the BTN Game Finder. Uh, it, it'll help people if it's on an alternate channel. I 
off the top of my head, I don't know the schedule if there's another 3.30 BTN game. Uh, but please, uh, if, if you have trouble finding the channel, tweet at us. I'll, I'll tweet you the link to the Game Finder. It's a great tool, and, and hopefully you can watch and, and enjoy the game as well. But that does it for today's podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk next week. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader.